0: What poetry asks us to do is to slow down our metabolization of language, right? It asks us to become um, aware of the materiality of language and of the textures of language. And it asks us to become aware of language entering us. And so I think that it's immeasurably potent, you know, just having someone engage with a singular unprecedented experience, such as Terry's rendered in language, reminds us that language is not inert and that there are unprecedented experiences into which we might step and gain a measure of empathy or gain a measure of ability to imagine the interiority of the harmed.
1: On November 17th, Pan America's Prison and Justice Writing Program will host Breakout, a virtual event celebrating the release of the 2020 Pan America Prison Writing Awards anthology. Selected pieces from the collection will be brought to life by a dynamic array of authors, actors, and activists curated by Theater Lab, an innovative performance organization based in New York City, during this atmosphere of extreme isolation. In having these performers present the pieces from our incarcerated writers we are celebrating the spirit of literary exchange and collaboration. We also acknowledge the profound absence of the writers themselves and honor the reality of the innumerable barriers, both tangible and intangible, separating those behind bars from us outside. Leading up to this event, we wanted to challenge the implicit power dynamic by flipping the invitation welcoming one of our featured incarcerated authors to read a poem by the writer who will be performing his work at our breakout event. Unfortunately, due to the tightening of regulations with COVID-19, which has only intensified the difficulties of contacting those behind bars, we were unable to facilitate this exchange of craft in time for the show. Instead, we decided to move ahead with Kava Akbar, the celebrated poet on this side of the wall who will be performing Terry Heaton's El Reno, which won third place in the 2020 Penn Prison Writing Contest on November 17th. Kava is the author of two volumes of poetry, Calling a Wolf a Wolf and Pilgrim Bell, the latter of which will be published in 2021. And his poems have appeared in publications, including the New Yorker Poetry, the New York Times and Paris Review. In addition to this impressive literary resume, which includes numerous awards and honors, Kava founded Dive Dapper, which brings together leading voices in American poetry in the same vein of literary exchange that our breakout event taps into. He is also the new poetry editor of The Nation magazine. In this mini Works of Justice podcast, Kava speaks honestly and, of course, poetically about the privilege and responsibility of performing another's work. He also shares his own poem, I Wouldn't Even Know What to Do with a Third Chance, a piece that seems to collapse the distance between inside and out. I think you'll understand what I mean when you hear it. We hope that this conversation makes you excited for our breakout event on November 17th, which is free, and you can learn more about an RSVP for it at pen.org slash events dash calendar. We graciously thank Kava for taking the time to share his insights. I'm Francis Cohan, PEN America's Prison and Justice Writing Gap Year Fellow, and I thank you for listening. I just want to first thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. You yourself are an incredibly accomplished poet, and you've not only written and published volumes of poetry, but have also performed um, your own work. But as you know, in our breakout event on November 17th, You'll be reading and performing the work of terry heaton an incarcerated poet so first i was just wondering how does it feel to hold someone else's poetry in your mouth as opposed to your own writings and then also this experience of performing someone else's poetry is you know further complicated by the fact that you're reading the work of an incarcerated writer
0: yeah yeah thank you for having me it's a Profound honor to be trusted to hold anyone's poetry um, in my lungs, in my breath, in my mouth, on my tongue. Um, It's a privilege. It's a gift. And poetry as resonant and stirring and searching and fearless as Terry's demands a certain amount of reverence. It demands that we treat our materials seriously. And I hope to do it justice.
1: Yeah, it's a... Really beautiful piece. And so sort of along those lines, do you think that there are any responsibilities um, that come with performing another's work? And again, in this particular context, the work of an incarcerated writer who not only faces additional sort of tangible and intangible barriers, but who is often invisible or overlooked in the overall sort of literary community.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the best thing would be having Terry read his own work. You know, um, that would be my preference. That's what I wish we could have. I mean, you know, I <laughs> I wish that we weren't talking about, um, you know, the violences of the carceral state at all, right? I wish that there was no violent carceral state to talk about. That is to say, so you know, the best reading of this poem would be the one that Terry could give us. Being is how the violences of the carceral state have rendered that impossible for the time being. Um, my hope is that what I do uh can illuminate something about the poem in what is a sort of doomed effort you know because there's nothing that i can do that will be as illuminating or as complicated as terry's reading of his own work right but um you know i hope to i hope to honor it i take it very seriously the responsibility and privilege of reading someone else's work especially in this situation so um
1: Yeah, I just hope to honor it. Thanks for that. And I mean, I've seen the performance. I got a sneak peek, so it's really, really well done. In general, and with Terry's, how does reading and performing another's poetry, if at all, um, influence your own writing?
0: Yeah, I mean, at most readings that I do, um, almost all readings that I do, I read other people's work in addition to my own. Frankly, I just get bored of myself. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that there are and have been in the history of the written word, lots of people who are much smarter and wiser than me, and whose thoughts I would much rather sort of pay attention to and amplify. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see myself as like a whisper into a long conversation that has preceded me by millennia and will continue long after the last person has forgotten my name, right? And it's a great privilege to get to be a little whisper in that conversation
1: yeah um given like our time right now and just the overwhelming isolation and disconnect with everything Mm -hmm. how do you personally and broadly think that writing which is you know generally seen as solitary and also performing which requires sort of a live audience oftentimes um how do you think they have taken on a new meaning or importance
0: yeah i mean i think that the great weapon used to stifle critical thinking in 2020 is a raw overwhelm of meaningless language right we're just cudgeled all the time with argle bargle, and you know we see right now 45 is like you know trying to spread some narrative about you know uh a rigged election or something and uh you know and he's just talking and he just talks and talks and talks and hopes that something sticks right And what poetry asks us to do is to slow down our metabolization of language, right? It asks us to become um, aware of the materiality of language and of the textures of language. And it asks us to become aware of language entering us. And so I think that it's immeasurably potent, you know, just having someone engage with a singular unprecedented experience, such as Terry's rendered in language, reminds us that language is not inert and that there are unprecedented experiences into which we might step and gain a measure of empathy or gain a measure of ability to imagine the interiority of the harmed, right? Um, When I read Terry's poem, I feel connected to, the interiority of the harmed with such clarity right the a man harmed by like i said the violences of lay like, capitalism and the carceral state right which go hand in hand and yeah i mean i think that that's endlessly potent
1: yeah what you said about sort of given the current context of our time and the manipulation of language that's very very powerful i'm sort of curious about how you go about reading the work of someone else or like with terry's for example when you get the poem do you read it through like try it out in your mouth a couple of times what's sort of your process with that
0: yeah definitely i read it through a number of times just to sort of taste it you know and feel its textures in my mouth and um and it's very intuitive you know i mean i could go on about such and such sort of intellectual reasons for this or that but i think it's very much about instinct and feel and intuition and i think that when you connect with a poem at a level that's kind of deeper than intelligence right my intelligence only takes me so far and then there's like something more primal um, or something more metaphysical underneath that right and i think that When I'm able to connect with a poem at that level, um, it's much more interesting to me than the poems that I can connect with only merely intellectually. And, you know, there's not a lot I can say about um, how that gets encoded in language. It's a very sort of like, here be dragons sort of thing, you know, it's just off the edge of the map a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. So just to give the listeners some context about um, sort of the initial idea behind this interview, um, we had initially intended to sort of facilitate a poem swap um, Mm -hmm. to celebrate the spirit of literary exchange and sharing, especially given the circumstances. And as you will be reading Terry's poem El Reno in our breakout event, um, we were going to invite Terry to read one of your own poems and sort of engage you in a conversation about like you were talking about earlier, the responsibility of holding someone else's work in your mouth, etc. But as we know, COVID has erected, you know, countless and really frustrating barriers to communication with incarcerated people across the country. And so conditions ultimately prevented us from speaking with Terry. But we would still love for you to share the poem that you selected for him to read. I wouldn't even know what to do with a third chance. Mm-hmm. And then after you read it, if you could share a little bit about how you selected it um, for this poem swap,
0: yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit of a ridiculous thing to be uh, trying to sort of pick a poem to match something as again searching and fearless as Terry's. But um, I don't think I was exactly trying to match it. I just think I was sort of picking a poem that that I that I was sort of um, maybe vibrating at some similar frequencies. Um, this is called I wouldn't even know what to do with a third chance. I wouldn't even know what to do with a third chance. Another halo to shake loose, galloping into the crossfire. Could I be apologizing? Supposedly, what's inside my body is more or less the same as what's inside yours. Here, the river girl clutching her toy whistle. There, the black snake covered in scabs. Follow my neckline. The beginning will start beginning again. I swear on my head and eyes, there are moments in every day when if you ask me to leave, I would. Heaven is mostly preposition. Up, above, around. And if you must, you can live any place that's a place. A failure of courage is still a victory of safety. Bravery pitches its refugee tent at the base of my brain and slowly starves, tipping into darkness like a clay bird bouncing down a well. All night, I eat yogurt and eggplant and garlic, water my dead orchids. In what world would any of me seem credible? God's word is a melody, and melody requires repetition. God's Word is a melody. I sang once, then forgot. I sense in Terry's poem a kind of strength and dignity that um that I have uh only clumsily groped towards in my life. This is a poem that, among other things, seems to be orbiting just my chicken shittishness my chicken shittishness. I don't know if that's a word. Um, you know, my my desire to be brave in moments when I haven't been able to muster it. Yeah, I think that the, the speaker of my poem, who I'm comfortable enough calling me, wants to be able to inhabit some of the strength of the speaker in Terry's poem, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I love that whole poem. I really love the line, a failure of courage is still a victory of safety. I think that's just so, so true. And it's a bit uncomfortable to sit with because you're like, where in my life have I, you know, consciously been satisfied with the safety? I just think that's a really (laughs) lovely line. And then just sort of one final question. Thank you again so much for doing this um, and sharing so honestly um, and broadly about this work and i'm so excited for the 17th to see it all come together yeah, me,
0: too. Um, me too.
1: so for that like when you first got the call or email or whatever from theater lab um what drew you and inspired you to say yes to this event
0: i think that the uh the violences that we do to each other in a state that deploys the kind of mass incarceration that ours does um is one of the sort of great indictments against our species it's one of the great indictments of our capacity for tenderness and our capacity for grace as a species that we do this to each other um certainly one of the great indictments of our nation's capacity for those things i i I have been a part of action in a million different directions against those systems, and all of it is not enough. Um, but this is this is a thing that is really important to me, and that I want to uh, lend my voice and time to what what sort of paltry power those things have. I would like to sort of lend to lend to this.
1: Thank you. That was a great answer and just a great conversation. Yeah, just thank you for doing
0: this. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, I'm really excited about the 17th too.
1: This podcast's episode was written, hosted, and produced by myself with guidance and support from program director, Kate Meisner, and manager, Robbie Pollock. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you on November 17th.